Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. service is often referred to as tenebrae, and tenebrae is the Latin word for shadows. So the lights are going to go down here in just a minute completely, and, uh, and the candlelight will, will serve. At the end, we want you to know the lights will not come on. We are entering into the story of Good Friday, and like the disciples who left in the dark, we will leave in the dark. So please be careful when you go. Um, hopefully as the doors open, you'll be able to see the light in the lobby. But just be very careful. I also want to let you know that at the end of the service, you can stay in here as long as you need to. We are focusing upon the cross, focus, focusing upon the Christ who died there on our behalf. And, uh, and so just... Feel free to sit in here as long as you need. I'll wait until everyone is gone. Um, and this is just such an important time. It's not something we rush through. It's something that we wait in. And so um, thank you for coming. I'm going to open us in prayer. And then we're going to spend a little more time in silence. Um, just again, want to remind you, if you have a device, even if you think that you've silenced it or turned it off, you know, you can turn it all the way off and that'll be okay. And uh, let's just make sure that we don't have any of those going off. But I want to say to parents, if there are young kids here and they make a little noise, it's okay. Um, the crucifixion of Jesus was a public event. There were kids Um, There were animals. There were all kinds of things there. So it's okay as we enter into that story once again. But let's pray. Father, we come together tonight to commemorate something so important. So we pray that your Spirit would move among us Remind us, teach us, comfort us, encourage us, help us as we enter into this story of your Son and what you and He were willing to go through that we might be made whole. We pray this in His name the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's take a moment in silence as we begin.
and brought light into the world so that we might behold its beauty and walk safely in this world. Help us this night to remember that your Son became the true light of the world, that we might never walk in darkness. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Tonight we gather to reflect upon what took place on a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull, thousands of years ago, to a man named Jesus of Nazareth. Historically, he was just one more man who was crucified by the Roman Empire, accused of being a rebel upstart king. He was handed over by his religious authorities and was crucified on a cross. A word so horrible historically in his day, they didn't even say the word cross. But they took him and they pulled his arms out of joint and drove nails through his wrists, his feet, after he had been flogged and beaten. Historically, that's what happened. But we also come to a night like this because we want to think about, commemorate, remember, or just ponder what happened theologically in this moment. Because There was something that Jesus claimed about himself that was different. That God the Father had sent him. Luke is the gospel we have been through all during the season of Lent. And Luke tells us the story in a very particular way. To know that angels sang at his birth. The shepherds signifying those who were on the outside would be some of the first to worship at his very humble beginnings in a barn, in a stable, a manger for a crib. As he progressed through his life, there was something different about him. He seemed to go around and he seemed to know something about himself. And when he entered into temptations, he was able to overcome where human beings like ourselves had always in the past failed. When he came into contact with people who were unclean, he didn't shudder in horror thinking he would be ritually unpure. But he reached out. And touched those who were unclean or unhealthy. And like the coal that was taken from the altar in Isaiah's vision, when he touched them, he did not become impure. They became whole. And when he began to turn the tables over 
in the place where outsiders were supposed to pray to God. And said, this is where they are. My my house is to be called a house of prayer. And you've turned it into a den of rebels. Where you're just trying to figure out how you can use power to get rid of these Romans that you hate. They'd had enough. And the religious authorities turned him over. And he was crucified. What happened theologically in that moment when someone like this, when the Son of God is nailed to a cross? Well, there are lots of theories. They share one thing in common. We believe that it was an act of atonement. That's a big fancy word. What does that mean? It's, it's interesting if you, if you put a dash in between the at and the one. What we're trying to say when we say atonement is that God made it possible for us to be at one with God again. And there are lots of ways that that's described because what happened on the cross is so vast and so universal and so huge that we label it a mystery. Now, that word is also a big religious word. And sometimes people use mystery to say it can't be understood. But I love what one of my, my teachers taught me a long time ago. He says, when we say it's a mystery, it's not that it can't be understood, it's that it can be infinitely understood. In so many ways... So many different facets of what's going on there. And it's so big, it needed a lot of different descriptions. And in fact, all throughout the New Testament, they're trying to talk about what happened. And so they'll use metaphors, like a debt being paid, a ransom being given, a punishment that was meant for us was laid on Him. And through His wounds were healed. There's healing metaphors. But the one that has captivated me this season began in Advent. And it comes from one of the earliest pastors in the Christian church. His name was a very unique name, Athanasius. I won't have you say that name. But the phrase that has captured me all through the season of Advent and Epiphany and into Lent is the phrase that he said, that which was not assumed is not redeemed. Let me rephrase that so it makes a little more sense for us. That which was not taken on by Jesus in his human side, is not redeemed. What was he meaning? Now, Athanasius had a very specific thing. He was dealing with people in his day and age who said it was bad to be in the flesh. It was bad. Flesh was bad. They were being very influenced by Greek philosophy. And so to be in your flesh was bad. And the best thing that could happen would be for you to die and then your soul could return to God from which it came. 
And Athanasius, as a pastor, stepped into that and said, Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no. When God created human beings in the garden long ago, and He breathed into them and He saw them, He said, These are very good. It's very good to be human. And yet, we know the story that humanity became very broken. And the image that they were meant to reflect was shattered. And there was need for healing. And so for God to show once again that it was good, Jesus assumed, Jesus took on humanity, on Himself, in order that humanity could be redeemed. And He experienced humanity in its fullness. He was born very vulnerably like you and I were born, so that birth could be redeemed. He learned how to obey his mom and dad, Luke tells us. Just like you and I had to learn that. So therefore, parenting and being a child is redeemed in Jesus. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and human beings. He had to learn all of these things. Therefore, growing up, maturing, understanding your faith, all of this becomes redeemed because Jesus took it on Himself. And as I've already described, when illness and struggles, and brokenness, and sin, missing the mark that every human being does. When Jesus touched that, yes, He was healing, yes, He was moving, but He was also redeeming that, showing that this was the heart of God. This was what He was taking on Himself. And Jesus took on betrayal. From a friend. Jesus took up, assumed religion at its worst into himself. Jesus walked humanity's walk all the way to the last thing that every human being before him took on when he died. He took on violence into His very flesh. The worst that human beings can concoct and come up with, Jesus took upon Himself. And instead of responding as many before Him, He takes all of sin. In fact, we're told... By John the Baptist, that it would be the sin of the world. Not just your sin, not just my sin, but all of the sin of the world was placed on him. And he experienced and took upon himself the wages of that sin, which is what? And yet, instead of responding in frustration and anger, He responds to the sin of the world 
by saying, Father, forgive them. Thereby forgiving the sin of the world. As he enters in to the final part of what he was assuming as a human being in order to redeem us, that last step of death, he does not gasp, he does not shout in anger at the world. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You see, my friends, Jesus on a cross completed and fully, completely, absolutely redeemed all of humanity. And you can take whatever theory you want. You can say the dividing wall has been torn down. You can say the curtain has been ripped from top to bottom. You can say that the the enslaved have been set free. You can say that the sinner has been forgiven. You can say whatever. What I know is that on that cross, it was finished. And so on the one hand, we come in tonight and we will walk through this story and we will leave in darkness and our hearts will be heavy because we have experienced the weight of our sin and where it leads. And yet, on the other hand, we can leave with some joy in our hearts knowing that it is finished That all of humanity's experience has been redeemed because He assumed it all. And He finished the task. And He has made a way for you and for me. So we come holding that paradox in tension. The weight of our sin the joy of knowing it forgiven. Can you hold that tension in this service? I hope so. This is why we gather. This is why we have a service like Good Friday. Because we need to enter into the tension of the story. And for just that moment... Let it pour into us and begin that move towards the joy that we'll experience in a few days. I, I even left something out. You know, we're, Tomorrow we set aside because the Apostles' Creed tells us that Jesus even enters into hell. Because He is the victorious one. He is is the victory. And we come tonight to remember the cost of that victory. Can we pray? We'll have some moments of silence and the lights will go completely out. And then we will read that story. And I invite you to just focus on the cross and let the Spirit move 
and speak to you tonight. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're grateful for the victory that you have won and we are we're sorrowful. For what you had to endure on our behalf. We're grateful. For what you were willing to endure. As you forgave us. And we are eternally grateful. For what this day represents in our lives. Move us back into the story. May we see ourselves as those disciples. Those women at the foot of your cross. And may we leave in the tension of what this day and night represent. We pray this in your name. Amen. Reading from portions of John 19. Then they handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull. There they crucified him. And with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each. Were you there when 
find my Lord. Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. my Lord. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? To tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Our first reading tonight is Luke 23:34. Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing."
Our second passage is from Luke 23:42. Then the criminal who was crucified alongside of Jesus said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. sing those words. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you John 19, 25 through 27. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, Behold, your son, and son, behold, 
your mother. Reading from Mark fifteen thirty three. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which is the beginning verses of the lament of Psalm 22, translated as, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? from John 19:28 After this he said I am thirsty
John 19:29 through 30. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus has received the wine, he said, It is finished. Luke 23:45 While the sun's light failed, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, "Into your hand I commit my spirit." takes away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Brothers and sisters, that which was not assumed is not redeemed. But thanks be to God, the Lamb of God has taken away the sin. 
He has taken upon Himself our thirst, our God-forsakenness, our sin, and even death. Therefore, tonight, we leave as the psalm writer, as the hymn writer wrote, sorrow and love flow mingled down. And I would add, also mixed with victory. Would you bow your heads as we close in prayer? Father, thank you for the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. If there is anyone here tonight who is feeling the weight of their sin, may they hear the good news that Jesus has taken it upon Himself. The dividing wall is torn down. The curtain is open. Healing and forgiveness are possible. If that is you, you have only to ask. And God in Christ will forgive you, set you free, make you whole, heal you from the inside out. Father, for that we are grateful. Pray that you would send us out. And this night, may we remember contemplate, meditate, and pray upon the goodness of your love, which was willing to go to the cross for us. And we pray and we ask these things in Jesus, the Lamb of God's name. And everybody said, Amen. I want to send you out with this blessing. And now, May you go out holding the tension between grief and love, victory and sorrow. May you be sustained by His Spirit of love. May He carry you through the rest of tonight, Good Friday, through Holy Saturday, and bring you with joy and celebration into Resurrection Sunday. I pray that this would happen for us in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to ask you to go quietly. Please save your conversation for your vehicles and on the way home. We want to leave and we want to give anyone who would like to stay in the building time to do so. There is no rush. You can sit and think and pray for as long as you need. But go in peace and go in his name. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.